0: We've made it past Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and hopefully you had a successful sale over the long weekend. What do you do with all these new customers you've acquired? This week on the podcast, we're talking about how to form relationships with new customers who placed their first order while your products were on sale.
1: Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian.
0: And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce.
1: Kelly, how can merchants leverage customer data to drive more revenue and increase retention? How can they create personalized experiences customers love?
0: I recommend Octane AI, the leading buyer profile platform for Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants. How does it work? Octane AI features a shop quiz, Facebook Messenger and SMS, and opt-in tools. Using the shop quiz, merchants can get to know customers with interactive questions. From product recommenders to gift finders, you can learn about a customer's needs, preferences, pain points, and more. This information gets saved into buyer profiles and you can sync your buyer profile data with your Facebook Messenger, SMS, email, and ad campaigns for personalized customer journeys.
1: What kinds of returns can brands expect?
0: Brands using the shop quiz have increased email signups by 16 times and driven a 28% increase in average order value. Facebook Messenger and SMS see 80 to 95% average open rates and drive up to a 20% increase in revenue. Better yet. Octane AI has plans for any size business and offers a 14-day free trial. Every plan gives you access to the shop quiz, Facebook Messenger, SMS, and opt-in tools. There are also plans available where Octane AI's experts will help you set up and optimize your tools for success.
1: This sounds great. Where can merchants go to learn more?
0: You can learn more, book a demo, or try it free at join.octaneai.com slash commerce Again, that's join.octaneai.com slash commerce Hello, Ryan. How are you doing post Black Friday Cyber Monday?
1: You know everything is good. Everything is stable, which for for me on the <laughs> app side is what, is what's most important. So yeah, uh, great. I I did all of my holiday shopping. It is done. I am wow. finished. I know. I
0: am not finished.
1: And and that's that's that. What about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We didn't have any fires to put out over the Black Friday, Cyber Monday just period in general. So that means that we did a great job preparing all of the yes. sales for our clients. And I didn't have to pull in any of my team members to fix anything. There was one like almost issue on Thursday where I did talk to one of my devs, but it resolved itself. I think the client just maybe realized that it was a non-issue. I I set up like a whole process for this. Is this is what I do to protect my time, protect the time of my team members. I have a whole a whole process in place where I give you if you like my vacation responder includes an email address that you forward your email to, and if you do that, I get a push notification on my phone using Mm -hmm. Zapier. But if you don't do that, I don't see your email, and so it's not urgent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's smart. That's. Because otherwise, it's like everything is urgent, but no, that's
0: not true. Exactly. If, and if, if everything is urgent, nothing is urgent. So right. it's very important to protect my time when I'm busy. I'm very busy and everyone's busy and everyone's high stress. And I just want to be able to actually unwind and enjoy. So I had a four-day weekend and I Yay! haven't had a four-day weekend in a very long time. And so I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. So I read two books? <laughs> what books? Uh, They're Trashy Romance.
1: (laughs) That's why I'm laughing. I know the answer already. (laughs) Kelly and I read only the finest of literature. Oh, it is top shelf literature. (laughs) Top
0: shelf Trashy Romance. I love You know, though, you can't always
1: read business books.
0: As much as I like, I set, I've been trying to read Radical Candor cover to cover for a while now. (laughs) And I keep setting the book next to me. And then I pick up my Kindle and pick up a free book from Kindle Unlimited and read that
1: instead. Yeah, totally valid. I've been trying to read venture. Well, no, I did read venture deals. I have another, I've got like six books on venture capital behind me. I have read 1.75 of them.
0: (laughs) You know what? That is more than I've read when it comes to venture capital. So (laughs) you should be proud of yourself.
1: Thank you, thank you. Right now I'm reading a book, uh, oh my god what's it called my only I I don't read much nonfiction. for those of of you listening I do read mostly trashy literature and (laughs) but it's it's about it's by the people who did Netflix who started Netflix oh cool I I can't remember the name of it I'll I'll get it for you for in the show notes because uh it's supposed to be good and i was supposed to read it before tomorrow because that's when book club is so
0: oh you know what so prepared exists
1: for a reason (laughs) (laughs) is that around actually um oh my god it's called something else my daughter uses it sometimes uh spark notes oh okay i think the physical cliff notes exist too okay i used i feel like i
0: used spark notes like towards the end of my okay but it was still like there wasn't much available on there at the time no
1: now i think everything's available on oh, there oh good
0: now I can just pretend to read the important books,
1: right? It's it's like in grad school when you're in a reading seminar. And for those of you who are uh, have never gone to grad school, part of me just says don't. But if you do want <laughs> to, and then <laughs> and then you you take some graduate level history classes, you do these things called reading seminars, which are uh, I took mine at, at a UC, and basically it's in a quarter. So I think twelve weeks, nine weeks. I don't know how long a quarter is. It's. Two more books than how many weeks are in that quarter. So it's an academic book a week with a a paper on that book, like a seven to 10 page paper a week. It's absolute. That
0: sounds terrible. It was a nightmare.
1: And then you have to go in twice a week and talk about what you've read. (laughs) I feel like my
0: graduate school experience was very different, but I also went to very different programs than you did. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you all didn't, you know, sit in a, you know, tear up and practice therapy on each no, other. No, um, you didn't walk into hospitals and interview
1: people. No, definitely didn't do that. Definitely didn't no. ask
0: people if they if they have their advanced directive. No, you know, no normal things. No, I for those listening, I have my master's degrees in public health and clinical social work, which is why I had a very weird. <laughs> graduate school experience.
1: Ke- Kelly and I have the we'll have to do a, a whole a whole pod on unconventional paths that lead you to commerce because Oh yeah. that's both of us. And I think that's to be celebrated because Absolutely. for a long time commerce or not commerce but tech jobs in general was like did you go to Stanford or an Ivy League? And then now you have a job and that yeah. was it, and then if you applied from a state school, you were just—they were like, "Who are you? No, you're not. You're not going to to How do cute. that." Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, quaint. Um, so that <laughs> was, which is, I feel like when I got rejected from Google, which is the first job I applied to out of undergrad, that that's what whoever saw my resume saw. They're like, "Arizona State, go cute." Aw. Bless her. (laughs) Everything worked out in the end. (laughs) Everything did work out in the end. And speaking of things that are going to work out in the end, we hope are how are the customers that y'all listeners have just acquired because you just crushed it. I believe that you just crushed it this weekend. How are you going to keep them? How are you going to keep them around and, and take that Sale customer that Black Friday, Cyber Monday customer, and make them a loyal customer for life.
0: First of all, great segue.
1: Thank you. I've been working on them.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's important to note that these new customers you acquired are different from your everyday customers because there is a good chance that they saw a Facebook ad or something for your brand. And they saw a nice price and they went for it. Maybe they don't know much about your brand. Maybe this. Maybe they've been eyeing it for a long time, but still don't know anything about your brand. But it went on sale, and that was the only thing that they ever intended to buy. Yeah. So there's a bit of a, a challenge here to convert these new customers into your every your everyday loyal customers.
1: Your repeat, yeah, your repeat customers. It. I I think even if you're selling something IRL, that that's challenging. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm a sale. Like, for certain brands, like Banana Republic, which is not independent at all, I am a sale customer. I'm a sale customer. Like, I wait for it to go on sale. Well, the good
0: news is everything is always on sale at Banana Republic. Oh, because yeah. Our entire closet, one side of it being not my side of it, is <laughs> basically all Banana Republic. Like, it could be sponsored by Gap brands in general.
1: I just had to buy my daughter uh, some little suit. I just say little suits. It's because she's small. It's because she's she's petite. She's small-sized still. Um, Because she's going to do her first speech and debate virtual tournament, and you have to wear a suit. And so I got, get this. I cannot imagine. When I was a banker, I cannot imagine this. I got six pieces of suiting, three blouses, accessories for $201. (laughs) What? And I was like, what? That's what I said. I was like, when I was wearing, when I had to wear a a suit every day of my life, my suits were like six, you know, they're expensive. Plus you had to get them tailored.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The blouse might be $200. um,
1: But that to me is a company that I just really associate automatically with. I just go there for the sale. And yeah. You don't want your company to really be that company, do Unless you? That's your goal. Unless it's Unless your vibe.
0: You're going for quantity over quality. And that is absolutely fine if that's the path you want to take, as long as you're well aware that this is a path you're taking. And a lot of the conventional wisdom around e-commerce will not apply to your brand. And that's totally fine.
1: Yeah. Absolutely it is, it is a valid path to take. You could make a lot of money being one of those brands as long as your markup and cost of goods and everything's in order.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially if you sell products that are, like a, your, your store is usually like a one-time purchase. Like my, yes. uh, my store for my book, you're probably not going to buy the book twice unless you're buying <laughs> it for somebody else. So my strategy for getting new customers is going to be very different from, you know, Banana Republic. Who knows if they throw the word sale in front of my face, I am probably going to visit their website.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's interesting when you talk about flagship products, right? Because a lot of Shopify merchants have that flagship product and maybe they've marked it down for the first time. And maybe they're, I don't know, struggling with what happens next? or do you just deal with that that product you you've sold it and you've lost that customer into the void? So
0: that's that's the important part of well figuring out one what you what you want your strategy to be. If your focus is entirely on acquisition and you're putting all your money into acquisition, then okay, fine. Your goal is to get those people to at least leave a review on your website. Mm. so you can build that trust. The other way is to find ways to offer ancillary products, offer like accessories or anything that you can upsell or cross sell, even not maybe increasing your average order value for that specific order, but getting them to come back and buy something else instead.
1: I, I like that thought. Okay. For you, you have a book. Yes. So I don't want you to give away, you know, the, what is it? How you make the sausage, so to speak, but which is such a funny expression. But I do like sausage. If you were if you were to make a, a secondary product an ancillary product for those repeat customers, what kind of products would you make?
0: So, my product is an ebook that teaches you how to get started with freelancing. And so, an ancillary product might be a workbook that is like a, a complement to the book itself. Um I could offer a uh, like one-on-one sessions or like a mastermind or something like that. So I can get you signed up even like monthly on a subscription to keep on coming back for, for more of them. I can provide access to a community of other freelancers to share that kind of information. Um, other, I don't know what else I could, I could really do. I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty more out there.
1: Yeah, I think um, we'll write another book. This is an option. I can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally another book, yes. Literally write another book. So what happens when you get a discount customer? So the first thing that
0: happens is you get a little bit of their money. That's <laughs> pretty nice. Um, but you have basically created a small bit of trust with that customer because something enticed them to place the order. Maybe it was the price. Maybe they're like, well, it's cheap enough. I'm just gonna give it a shot. Whatever happens, happens. Maybe they had they saw a lot of customer reviews on there or they were recommended that product from a friend. Um, I'm shout out to Viore because I just keep on telling everybody <laughs> to buy their joggers. Um, I am a very good example of a loyal customer (laughs) when it comes to their joggers. Um, So basically, you're now having to start creating this this stronger relationship with this discount customer because they saw a sale. They're like, oh, maybe they offer sales more often. So I'm going to stick around and see if they offer another sale. Maybe you're a one sale a year, or this is literally the first time you ever offered a sale uh, merchant. So how exactly do you build a relationship when they're just expecting to get another sale? Right. Setting expectations is incredibly important at this stage. And this is where we can start getting into teaching your customers about your brand. I think we'll dig into it a little bit later. But I think it's important to address, can a discount customer turn into a loyal customer? And the answer is yes, absolutely. It takes a little bit of work. And yeah. there are definitely customers who come in during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or any other holiday or like sales season, whatever it might be. Maybe your big sales season is in the summertime. Um, they, can, they can come in at that time and still be extremely happy with the product that they purchased. And they're going to come back again. You don't have to do any work. But the reality is there's going to be a lot more work for more of your discount customers to actually turn into loyal returning customers.
1: I would say, too, it, it depends on the amount of the discount. And I'm going to reference Kate Spade now, because Kate Spade does these surprise, they call them surprise sample sales every, I don't know when, once a quarter, twice a quarter. There's like 75% off. You know they're coming. It's a bit like that Banana Republic trap, right? You know they're coming, so you're not going to buy full price, because 75% is such a steep discount that... They have conditioned me to no longer pay full price. Now, if your discount customer has received a discount of 20%, I think you have a much better chance of getting your discount customer to become a full price customer.
0: Absolutely. But even, I mean, even in the Kate Spade example, they can still come back and be a return customer. It's just going to be a longer time between purchases. And you have to make sure that you're nurturing that relationship so they don't forget about you in the meantime. So they're like, I am marking this date on my calendar where I'm going to be placing an order again.
1: That is very true. That is very true. I, I, that's how you take you turn a customer into a a loyal customer. But but how do you how do you do it? Like you with that constant communication, is it emails? What? Yeah, text messages or so, SMS, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course,
0: with any kind of customer, um it's going to depend how you, know, how you communicate with your customers in general. If they're going to respond better to SMS, then talk to them there. If they're going to respond better to email, on social media, via a private Facebook group, via ads, whatever it might be, just be where your customers are. But one of the most important things that you can do today is if you use email marketing, which hopefully you do, and you have by any chance happened to use Klaviyo because we literally talk about Klaviyo all the time and how much i love it. <laughs> you can create segments uh, within Klaviyo to group certain customers together. And this is a really great opportunity to create a segment from your customers who purchased for, for the first time over Black Friday Cyber Monday. And these are you can you can market to this specific group of customers differently than you market to all of your other everyday customers. I would also take into consideration anyone who signed up for your email list before Black Friday Saturday, Monday, but still purchased during the, the holiday season, because that could st- that they still kind of fit under that same branch. Mm. They were just maybe doing their research a little bit before the sale started.
1: So once you have those segments, do you just go into Clavio and press go? Or what is can you tell I don't use Clavio? It's not that Clavio, it's not, it's not, it's not you, it's me. So I just <laughs> so we're you all you don't clear. really
0: have much of an opportunity to use it. No, so. no, it
1: doesn't fit my it doesn't fit the needs of of, of my business, but I, I think it's a really powerful tool. I, I'm not married to any specific email or ESP, but everybody I know is, and everybody I know is married to Clavio. So now we've created this audience in Clavio. What do we do with it?
0: So the first thing that I would recommend doing is creating a unique welcome series for your Black Friday, or Cyber Monday customers. So this can contain anything like educational content, customer stories, and talking about your brand culture. Uh, basically, anything that's going to teach your these new customers about your brand and, and entice them to come back. Um you can do some really entertaining cust- like content as well. So this is a really great opportunity to showcase your blog posts. Hint, hint, you should be writing blog posts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Talk about a hill I'll die on. And like, you could just have fun with it. I mean, let's say you sell dog food. Why not just send an email that contains a GIF of cute dogs, like a cute dog, or like a series of GIFs of cute dogs. I mean, I would love to receive an email like that. Like that means like, oh, you're a fun brand. I should get these. E- I should, res- or, you know, make sure I stay subscribed to this brand.
1: You know who does this really, really well? Who is? But it's not an email and text. But still, I'm going to talk about it because I, I'm always amped on it. It's Elon Wick. Okay. Uh, it's a candle company, and whenever you order from them, they send you a little like gift. Like once the things are shipped. And it's like the either like the the last one I think was the Charlie Brown dancing, like get but it makes it it sparks joy. It makes me really excited. And she was just about to uh, launch something else. It was like a reminder, Black Friday Side Monday reminder, and I got a text, like a push. And again, it was another gift. And it was and the only reason I bought from her the first time is because I I had heard her speak right and so i was probably going to be a one time customer and that little addition of magic made me just be i don't know it's just it's that extra touch and how much time does it take to add a gift to an email or in a text message like 20 minutes i mean on a it's very like conservative an image, and that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would be hyper conservative.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I think once for for my brand, I sent a, a a GIF of a cat running into a box and the box just like sliding across the room. It was completely irrelevant. There's nothing promotional in that email whatsoever. I was just like, I found this GIF. I like it. Now I'm sharing it with you.
1: Yeah, senders, that's, that's just all you need. And it's to, to really engage your customers. But I do want to touch back on something, and that's educational content. And the reason why is, so we've talked about this, I think on here before, since the beginning of the pandemic, I may or may have not acquired a lot of houseplants.
0: Same. I went from being a not plant mom to being a
1: plant mom. Yeah. I, yeah. I started at zero. I'm just not going to say how many I have now because I find it to be kind of embarrassing. It is greater than seven. We'll just it is that greater way. than seven. It is less than 100. Um, and <laughs> so, but but that educational content, especially with a consumable good, and we talk about consumable. I, I Okay, granted, is a plant consumable? I mean, you probably shouldn't eat it, but it's something you can kill. And so... <laughs> So let's call the planet consumable good from a living, it's a living item. You should only have educational content for living items, and you should have yes. educational content for consumable goods. Because otherwise, how how do you know what to do?
0: I completely agree. I think that is first of all, great for SEO as you I don't know why I'm the person who's mentioning how great it is for SEO, but this is we're just we just turn the tables here.
1: <laughs> it's a must have for SEO.
0: Yeah that educational content is great. Two, you can avoid questions that your customers might be asking you or, you know, God forbid something actually happens to my plants and I accidentally kill it. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? You already have content there for me being like, "Hey, do these things so you never have to experience what happens when your plant dies because you watered it too much. Absolutely.
1: I am Absolutely. not speaking from experience. All my plants are still alive. I've got some that are, you know, they're thinking about <laughs> um crossing the green bridge. The green bridge. <laughs> I didn't know. What the else leafy would bridge. The leafy bridge. So, so you have that educational content. What about some customer stories? I feel like we see a lot of stores and they skimp on the customer stories.
0: Oh yeah, they're my favorite stories to share. How are your customers using your products?
1: Yeah, and this can again, this can be a blog. And to reiterate, anytime we're talking about content, it is so impactful for your SEO and discoverability. Yeah. Like, it, it, like this is twofold, right? One, yes, how do we engage a, a new customer after a sale? Okay, yes. Two, how do we just get more customers? And and this exactly. is this is how it does both.
0: This is exactly how. I mean, your goal, you like, you want to humanize the brand. You want people to see you as not just another corporate brand because you're not. Like, we are celebrating small businesses. We are celebrating purchasing local, all of these things. Showcasing your customers happy with your products and how they're using it is so great for building trust for existing customers, building trust for brand new customers, and it's just really great content for your page.
1: It's phenomenal. Sometimes we call it UGC, which is user-generated content. So you'll hear that get thrown around yeah. in the in our acronym world.
0: That's usually in the form of, let's say you have like an Instagram gallery on yeah. your site. Um, 460 is a really great app for this. So you can Love share, uh, share photo, your customers can share photos of the whatever products they are purchasing. And it ends up being like a really cool gallery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What about brand culture? And how to share that and make it, you know who does this well is Olipop. Yeah. I've been digging on their social game is really good in general, but they randomly will send like note cards or blankets or socks in their Olipop subscriptions. And how, okay, we use the word delight too much. However, I would be delighted if I got an Olipop uh, blanket with my Olipop subscription that that would be, or even if it was a one-off and I was like, I'm going to get it this one time. Cause it's 20% off. They never put anything on sale, which is, which is what they did. They did 20% off. And if I got something a little bit more magical, I like, this brand is cool. Yeah. Like sign me up. Now I'm going to get the subscription.
0: Exactly. Exactly. and And it's not like you're teaching your customers that you're always going to receive Free gifts when you're when you're buying. That's just that's not the case. Like one little extra. Hey, we really appreciate your purchase. We so we threw this in, you know, whatever. It does go a long way.
1: It goes a really long way, and it's something that I I think that we're missing. And and, and while we're on the subject of delighting your customer, let's talk about setting customer expectations and then meeting those expectations. We've talked about it in other podcast episodes, especially around BFCM. Like last week. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) at at great length. (laughs) I am a big fan, if you can, of keeping your customer service in-house.
0: Okay, let's discuss that more because you actually run an app company. Yes. And you have customer service representatives for your company.
1: Yes, all in-house. And the reason why is... Because I want to make sure that what is communicated to our merchants is always consistent, and also so that the so my so my team is a team, and we're all winning together. And I think there's there's some uh, I've said magic so many times, but there is some magic too when you work as a team and create something. Whereas, oh, you know, this offshore company does all my customer experience stuff. Well, like. I, I don't actually know what they do, how they treat their team. I don't know any of that. I know how I treat my team. Yeah. I know that they're engaged and I hope to keep them engaged. And that's my responsibility as a leader. But as far as the customer service that they then give out, I is directly related to how happy they are and how knowledgeable they are. And if you have great team culture internally, you will then, it shines out into the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's probably a little bit more expensive to keep your, oh, it's your, way your, more expensive. your team in-house, but it, <laughs> it pays dividends.
1: Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, people make mistakes. Like, your your team's not going to be perfect 100% of the time. But always, you know, you're always kind of in lockstep with them. You, you, you always know what's going on, and I like that. And they know what to... They know what to expect and you know what to expect of them. And also, you you know how to keep them happy. And that's part of also building a great team. But I really believe that that happiness is reflected in the way customer service and customer experience reps speak with your customers in, term, in turn. Have you ever been into a store pre-COVID or even you know, on a Zoom call, and there's one person, and you can just tell they don't want to be there. Oh, totally. Like they're super low energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We all <laughs> not enjoy It's not a good experience for anybody involved. And no. I get it. People do have bad days. 100%. If, if your customers are picking that up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be having to chat with somebody who is clearly just not invested in making sure I have a good experience shopping at your store.
1: Absolutely. I want that bubble and sparkle. I know, sounds so silly, but it is, it's a thing. It's You can feel the energy off of somebody. It's amazing how much uh, a conversation
0: can change, even if you're having a bad day and you're just not feeling it. Ending sentences with like exclamation points and adding in smiley faces and stuff, even if you're not feeling it, your customers can't tell that.
1: Absolutely. Or even if you end up having to speak with them over the phone, which is my absolute least preferred method of communication. If you are having a bad day, but you smile when you are speaking, you sound happier. And, and it makes a difference. It just it just does. Sorry, everybody. That's my diatribe on why I think you should keep your customer service <laughs> in- in-house. But I, it's really important because if you make a mistake here, right? You have this customer coming in for the very first time, whether it's because they came in for a discount or not. Either way, you have this brand new customer and you don't wow the socks off them, why would they come back to you? You have competitors. We all have competitors.
0: And as we're talking customer retention, you want to wow the socks off of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different ways that you can do that. Another, Another way to do that is to just have a stellar... The, the, uh, the unboxing, the unboxing experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm miming to Kelly. Uh, oh,
0: how did I Gina? wish people could see what what like what just happened because
1: <laughs> it did not look like unboxing. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm very talented. So, but that, but there's something to that. Like that uh, Jorn company, which is it's so it's like not makeup, makeup. I think it is their value prop. And I just butchered it. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> but when you open up their, and I haven't even bought it, I've just seen other people. There's a handwritten note inside, and the product is nestled in dried rose petals. Oh. Tell me that's not exactly, exactly. It's that, oh. Yeah. That's cool. And that's the moment when I like open something and I run around the house and show my husband. I'm like, look at this cool unboxing experience. Like that. <laughs> Oh man, it, <laughs> I love being a good unboxing experience. A good unboxing experience can make such a big difference. And now you might be listening and you might think, but Rian, that cost me an extra two or $3. I know it costs more money. I know it costs more money. But if that means that a customer is going to return to you over and over and over, tell me it's not worth it. It's worth it.
0: And again, this is like part of, this is part of the... Like, what do you want to focus on? And this is just one of the things that we recommend, like, you know, really exceeding the customer experience. Another really great example of unboxing is Otherland. Uh, they sell candles. Yeah. And they have the most beautiful packaging of, of – of also, house. Yeah. Bo- I bought uh, – you got me this, this sampler <laughs> set for my birthday, and then I also bought two bottles and – like uh, receiving, like a, a, a there's an entire booklet that comes with it, talking about the brand, talking about like recipes that you can you can make with house, and it, it's it's I just, I really appreciate those types of things. Uh, Gia did the same thing of recipes that you can make using Gia.
1: Yeah, I I think it's just an area of opportunity that so often we start. You know, I've been in so many conversations with founders, um, especially DTC founders, and they're like, "We'll just make it cheap, do a poly mailer." I don't think so. I, I, I just, Yeah, I don't I, think so. I, I'm on the side of if you're selling a luxury good or something with especially like more upmarket product, I want to open it like it's an upmarket product. But yeah. how about this? Even if it's not an upmarket product, I still want a little bit of magic. Exactly. This, just a little bit of magic. Okay,
0: I also just recently uh, bought face masks from Pirouette. Uh, we had a, um, we have an episode that we did with her. That's really worth listening to. But part of that was a handwritten note. Mm. Just like, you know, thanking me for supporting small business during the holiday season, which is obviously really important, especially this year. Yeah. And like, this is another really great example of just exceeding customer expectations.
1: Absolutely. I gave me a, a thank you note 100% of the time. I, I love them. I keep them. I think I told you that. I have some behind I think so, me. Yeah. Yeah, I keep them because they they're they're just awesome. I
0: think one more thing that's two things that I kind of want to talk about here as yeah. well. Um first off, a loyalty program is a really great way to get customers back, especially like um Flow Vitamins does refer a friend, they get $10 off, you get $10 off as well. Um for like your next order. I'm I'm a I'm a subscriber, so that does add up over time, especially since I'm purchasing every single month. Um, but it, and, and you're going to have different kinds like levels of engagement when it comes to loyalty programs, just because some people have no interest in it. And it depends what kind of offering you're giving. Maybe it is the, you know, your friend saves money and so do you. Maybe it's just like accumulate points for getting your friends to buy. so you get discount, you can redeem for discounts, free stuff, whatever it is. And then of course, when it comes to Shopify in the app store, there are like 8,000 different loyalty apps yeah. that you can use. Um, some of my favorites are uh, Loyalty Lion, Smile.io, Swell. Um, Rise has a loyalty program. Also, they have a really great gift card offering that, like, you can send directly to the customer as opposed to you receiving the email and then forwarding it on. Whole thing. Um, Stamped.io uh, also offers loyalty. Uh, Bold offers a loyalty program. They're all slightly different, so I always recommend to my clients. Try out a few of them and see what you like and what you don't like out of them, and see which one's going to be the best fit for your business.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things too when you're choosing an app is how do how do you interact with the app? It's it's important. It's also important how the app inter-, inter interacts with your customer, but the ease of use for you and also sending an email. I you've mentioned this before, Kelly. Remember when you're dealing with an app team, oftentimes there's a the sales team and then there's the customer service team and they are different teams. Yeah. And making sure that you have a really solid before you lock and load and like really go far in on a loyalty program because that's not something you want to cha- to me, that's not something you want to change halfway through. Like you want to choose a good one, deploy it, stick.
0: I agree. Unless there's like a like a proper handoff.
1: Yes, unless there's a proper handoff. But I feel like you know, playing around in the back end it, it is beneficial for apps yeah. in general. Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing that's really critical, especially right now, is providing quick customer service. Yes. How quick?
0: Lightning fast. Um, a couple things that are happening here. One, chat. That is like an immediate customer service thing, really great not only for acquiring new customers, but answering the questions your existing customers have. I can't uh, express the number of times I have reached out via chat saying, hey, I placed my order on X date, just checking to, it hasn't shipped yet, so I just want to double check, you know, what the estimated ship date is going to be um completely understanding obviously it's covid but i most recently did this with butcher box cuz i wanted to make sure my turkey would arrive on time for thanksgiving <laughs> yes um email re- try to respond within one business day sooner I agree. The better. um I agree. but the longer you make your customers wait the the easier they're the more likely they are to like drop off
1: i also think it's important so we offer customer service uh, at my company monday through friday except on federal holidays from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it is not those times, we have an autoresponder that says, hey, thanks so much for emailing us. So sorry, we'll be back. You know, you have to set that expectation. So if, if you're not staffed 24-7, which a lot of us are not, especially if you keep, if you keep service in-house, it's very difficult to be 24-7. Yeah. And, and so just making sure you communicate and set that expectation and then meet the expectation. So as soon as it's it turns uh, to to Monday, you'll you know you're going to get an email if you send an email on a Sunday.
0: Yeah, and I know I keep bringing this up. I really love gorgeous for this particular reason. <laughs> I, I I love it for many reasons, but um, they're by the way they do not sponsor a podcast. I just literally talk about it all the time, like Klaviyo. <laughs> Um So <laughs> we are not getting paid to to promote it. Um, no, but it is. It lets you keep track of who you haven't responded to and also just how much time has lapsed yeah. between responses. And being able to track your response time, especially when you have multiple customer service agents responding to your your uh, emails and uh, inquiries that are coming in, really helpful. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: So one more thing I want to talk about uh, in terms of customer expectations is around the topic of shipping. This is oh. a particularly important Right now, because it's a pan- there's we're still in a pandemic surprise, and uh, <laughs> fulfillment is taking a hit. A lot of people are shipping at the same time. We're all kind of expecting lengthier delivery times. Communicate this upfront with your customers. First yeah. off, second, remind them in an email. Third, if you find out things are going to take longer, send them an email about it immediately. Nobody likes to find out. Nobody has to. Nobody wants to reach out and be like, "Why hasn't my item shipped? Or why is it? Ha- why hasn't it arrived yet?" Um, Away recently, uh, sort of recently. I don't even know when it happened. They had a, a really big sale, and they never do sales. This is a really great example. I became an Away customer during the sale, and I had never purchased them from them before. And their site got overloaded. They got way more orders than they were expecting, and as a result, my order did not ship on time. And they sent an email to me letting me know, hey, we're super overloaded with overwhelmed with orders, you know, overwhelmed by the response, really happy, thankful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's going to take us a little bit longer to ship your order. Here's the estimated time we expect it to take. I appreciate that. I appreciate that too. Also, I do appreciate it when it's not like, oh, we're going to take you Okay, this is gonna get a little personal. We're gonna take you three months to ship a bike part for a bike that you've only <laughs> owned for two months um i'm I have not ridden my uh, exercise bike in two and a half months now, and expected delivery date is um apparently no later than december twenty second We'll see
1: allegedly allegedly
0: that's an example of
1: not exceeding customer expectations. <laughs> We have two examples here. Uh, one is what to do and one is what not to do. Yeah. And they should, you know, that that bike company should have been managing your expectation every step of the way, right? Exactly. Like, hey, you know what? I'm so sorry. Or we're so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. We're having some supply chain issues. Or I guess you maybe don't say supply chain um, because it, <laughs> could, it could be over some customers' heads, but we're having some challenges.
0: I'm going to read this email to you because it's okay. not long.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you for your recent
0: order. We are contacting you today with updated information regarding your order, but the order number, the right, oh, the thing, the piece I purchased, the right crank arm, has an updated promise period and will be delivered within three months from your original order date of 9-22-2020. So now you know how long I've been waiting
1: Promise period? That does not sound like a promise period, by the way. They already screwed up the first promise period, (laughs) so don't use the term promise period. Yeah, yeah, unless you can actually... (laughs) Pro- okay, talk about not delighting your customers. How about don't use the word promise, period? Yeah. Don't just eliminate
0: the word promise unless you can literally keep your promise. <laughs> um they go on to say, please note you'll receive an email once your product shifts you the tracking information. Uh, don't re- doesn't receive a signature or require a signature, or whatever. We truly apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. While our support team is available, we are doing well, we are dealing with incredibly high call volume and extended wait times. Uh, If you have any questions, please email us for the quickest response. So they're not only telling me this quote unquote promise period is going to take three months from my order date, which by the way, we are now past the two month mark. They also tell me you're probably not going to get a quick response from us if you reach out to us. (laughs) By the way. If you have questions, uh, we have a promise period of maybe (laughs) two weeks to get
1: back to you. We'll get to it. Well, we'll get Can to you it. tell
0: how bitter I am about this? You I feel, feel a little salty. I,
1: I appreciate you, you wanting to ride your bike.
0: I could have purchased a brand new bike and waited the six week delivery period, and it would have gotten here before <laughs> the crank down would arrive. Bonkers. Sheer madness. It's not a Peloton, by the way. I should have bought a Peloton. Sponsored by Peloton. No, I know. Please I, buy me a bike Peloton. I would love that.
1: I love my Peloton. <laughs> I'm like a sucker for as as you have all probably figured out by now. I am a sucker for a direct to consumer basically anything, and therefore I have three pieces of direct to consumer uh, exercise equipment in my home. <laughs> of course you do. I love it. My favorite's the mirror. Sorry, Peloton.
0: You so you do like the mirror then?
1: I love the mirror.
0: Okay. they they have a delight a, a delightful customer experience.
1: Well, a it came in like four days, so yes. <laughs> if, that's, if that's our baseline of what's if, if that's our baseline of what's good, yeah, actually. Um, the, I just was really, I've just been really happy with Mirror. I but also Pel- Peloton hasn't done anything wrong to me. I I also I just, love the Peloton app.
0: Like I, can, I don't have a bike, but I can still, you, I can still do all their classes. I've been doing their. I'm um, for the second time. I'm doing the Crusher Core. Uh, program is a four-week program for core workouts between five and 15 minutes long highly recommend doing them um my core is
1: nice and strong now i uh, a six-pack no i got one downstairs
0: <laughs> i mean are you talking about the beer sh- in the fridge or your daughter <laughs> <I> know,
1: <both>. <laughs> <laughs> she she is a power user of peloton actually the other day she got done with her peloton workout and she's like Think I want to be a Peloton instructor in college, and I'm like, it's not like a part-time job. It's like that. These folks are incredible, and that's what hooks you. It's the talent. Like yeah. Peloton is part tech, part talent. That's that is your uh, that is the the pieces that that make it together. Anyways, sorry, we 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 went off on our on our how we're staying fit during this tenuous time. Instructors make between $500 and 750 per class. Oh, that's not and bad. And some
0: instructors teach between 10 and 15 classes a week.
1: Well, that's great money. That's a lot of money. Maybe I should maybe I should leave. <laughs> maybe I should be like, yes, this is absolutely in right. Go to college. Go become a Peloton instructor.
0: <laughs> you can you can do college in the evening.
1: Yeah. So okay, so we've I think we've hit the the high points here. I think on. so. And
0: then we... I apologize for like the rants of... No, I don't. I don't apologize. I didn't even say who the bike company is, only that it's not Peloton. I'm just going to keep it
1: that way. <laughs> okay, so it's time for store shout-out. I can't even say it. It's time for store shout-outs. Yeah. Kelly, go. All right. So
0: my store shout-out this week is Ember. And I love their... I have one of their their mugs and... It's a ridiculously expensive mug. I will preface it with that. And also I was given it as a gift. Um, But it like, it it keeps your coffee hot, but it also lets you set like a specific drinking temperature as well, which is really handy. (laughs) I'm really picky about my coffee. What's your drinking temperature? Well, I heat the water up between like 175 and 185, but I prefer to drink it more around like, one thirty, okay. But usually I forget about it, and then I'm drinking it, and it's like sixty.
1: So I do that fairly frequently, but I don't have a mug that he- heats up my stuff for me. Th- which well, that which that sounds amazing.
0: This is what you need to get then. Yeah, they just actually released a 14 ounce mug too, because the the one I have is 10 ounces. It's really tiny.
1: <laughs> You're like, I need more coffee. <laughs> I need more coffee.
0: Yeah. Um. I so I'm an Aeropress user. I. Love my Aeropress coffee, Um, and that's my one qualm with a small mug is that it's a process to make any kind of Aeropress coffee, and so it's really great if you do drip coffee or French press or something that provides more than just one cup of coffee at a time. I suppose I could just make two cups of coffee with Aeropress and then just refill the cup, probably, and just warm it up to the correct the correct temperature. So I'm not drinking cold coffee. Oh man,
1: look how smart I am! (laughs) Look at us workshopping this challenge.
0: But anyway ember.com also they got the domain ember.com i can't imagine how much that cost yeah, but they have a cute they have a cute site um especially this is a really great example of like a high price point product because it is not $100 for a mug it is $130 if you go for the 14 ounce mug that's a lot of money for a mug so it you is. better sell me on that product and so they're they're really pushing like the trust factors beautiful imagery videos reviews all the things you could possibly want to know to convince somebody
1: to actually purchase this your turn. <laughs> so I've sort of become obsessed with this brand recently. It's called Baraby, B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com. And they're like these thick, I don't know how to describe it. They're like heavy blankets, but they're cozy. And they're they're weighted blankets, but they're not really hot. So you don't get overheated. I have three so far. Um, and I just ordered one for my daughter for the holidays, but sh- So the website is phenomenal. It's fast. It's responsive. I really enjoy it. I just look, I'm looking right now. I found out that they have a Black Friday weighted blanket that is made in black, which is kind of funny. And also I love it, but I should not be looking at it. But the moral of the story is, is, is they make checking out super easy. They make everything look cozy. And that's exactly what people are buying right now. I don't know how, how to pronounce it. What is it? H- Hickey? Oh, H-Y-G-G-E. Yeah. Like yeah. that is super on trend right now. And they hit that, they hit that beat. And uh, I, I recommend everyone looking at the store. If for no other reason than it, it is a very well, well-built website. I think it's Huga. Is it Hugo? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just ruining it. I'm like, Piggy, Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> You like Americanized. The uh, yeah, shit out of that yeah, I really did. So, yeah, that, that's mine. Uh, and so, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. Visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us super happy. Please. We, we would like some more, I'm just you know throwing out wild ideas, you can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday. So grab your mug and join us. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.